Welcome to Health, Harmony, and Happiness with Kathy. I'm your host, Kathy Stricker. In my personal life, I am a wife to a dedicated law enforcement officer and mama to three lively littles. I'm an adamantine yoga teacher, health coach, community betterment advocate, and wellness enthusiast. But what I really like doing is connecting others with tools and resources that bring about health, harmony, and happiness. Whatever this looks like to you, I'm here to offer my own insights and tools from others that allow you to realize your full potential to live mindfully as your authentic best self. Allow me to be a guide in discovering what works for you. Hey friends, so we've just started a series on balancing work and family, which can often be a tricky thing, even for those people who seem to have mastered it. There's always the hesitation or there's always the fluctuation of going back and forth with doing really well at it and keeping things balanced um, to falling out of those good positive habits that we try to incorporate into our daily lives. Lots of times I refer to this balance as work-life satisfaction instead because there's going to be times when work has to be more of a priority and there's going to be times when family needs to be more of a priority. For instance, right now, uh, tomorrow is my due date and during this past couple months, my work schedule has been really, really heavy as I've been preparing to go on maternity leave as soon as this baby arrives. But after the baby arrives, I know that family time is going to be a priority and I'm setting work aside. That's kind of an extreme instance, but we all go through those seasons and those fluctuations. Um, But I wanted to share with you today some of my tips for balancing work and family. They're not perfect. They're some of the things that I incorporate into my own life. But through this series, you're going to be able to hear other experts and other people who are also sharing these tips. So I'm hoping that you will pull away from this podcast series little nuggets of information that you can begin to incorporate into your own life. They may not all be life-shattering tips, but they're things that hopefully you can begin to implement one by one, or even just partially into your life and trust that the process of incorporating greater balance into your life is just that, a process. And it's not going to be perfected in one night, two nights, a month, a year. It's a process of learning and of behavior change. All right, so I initially had this episode recorded before I went on maternity leave, but since being on leave and being without pregnancy brain, I guess, I rethought some of it and have um, tweaked it a little bit and adjusted some things. So you're getting a brand new recording, and hopefully uh, I can convey everything that I want to. And if you really have a desire to hear that initial recording, because it does have some things in it that I'm not planning on mentioning in this recording, uh, let me know because I can, I can and will happily share that because it's got a lot of other information that you may or may not hear in future episodes. So my top three themes that I use for balancing work and family, there are so many out there and things that I know that 
I do that I don't even touch on in this episode. Like I said, some of those things were in the initial recording, but this one um, may not include them. But I wanted to share some insights with you that might get you thinking a little bit differently in your own life. Just as I said in the intro, just some little nuggets that might nudge you in a direction to make a couple lifestyle changes, maybe even just one. Um, But remember that it is behavior change, so it can take a while. And because I'm sure many of you have some time savers and hacks that help you find greater satisfaction in your work-life balance, I'm inviting you to share those on our Facebook page, Cairn Yoga Wellness, and on Instagram and use the hashtag healthharmonyhappiness. I'd love to hear what tricks you all have to ensure you are feeling your best about spending time with your family while conquering the work world. So my first tip is scheduling. Uh, Now I know this seems pretty basic and like a no-brainer, but it's a good reminder of how important schedules and routines are, not just at work, but for your life outside of work. Our bodies thrive on schedules and knowing what to expect. So in our household, we try to remain as consistent as possible, especially with the kids, so we don't all lose our minds. Uh, Sleep is the one thing that comes to mind right off the bat. It's a super big one for our family. And it started when my oldest, Huck, was a baby. He was a very difficult baby, and my sister-in-law sent us a book called Healthy Sleep Habits, Happy Child by Dr. Mark Weisbluth, and it seriously changed our lives. Uh, If you know me, you may have heard me talk about this book before because I kind of live by it and to the point that we might be a little bit extreme sometimes. We basically just started watching our child's natural sleep signals and determined his bedtime based on those, which ended up being pretty much around the same time every night. It's all about circadian rhythms and how the body naturally has those and naturally wants to flow with wakeful hours and sleep hours. Uh, His bedtime was probably much earlier than most people would ever imagine, and there were times when we would put him down around 5.30 or 6 at night, and he would sleep 12 to 13 hours without waking. So it's kind of impressive, and it really turned around his fussiness. Um, But if we deviated from that sleep period and kept him up, our lives were pretty much hell for multiple days following that. We definitely would pay for it. So we began to protect the sleep periods of our children and were very careful in determining when we would sacrifice a regular bedtime. Now that obviously gets more challenging with the more kids you have and when there's just one parent doing bedtime routine, Um, But for the most part, we try to stick to those schedules as much as possible. I'll tell you, last night, I put the kids to bed on my own because my husband was working nights and they did not get to bed. They probably got to bed a half hour or 40 minutes later than I intended. But when you have a baby and you're trying to balance that as well and get that little one what it needs as well... um, it just gets a little bit trickier. So we just do our best and, and that's all we can ask for, I guess. And that's all we can hope for. Um, even when it would be fun to stay out later or to skip a nap to do something exciting with our kids, lots of times we've made the conscious decision to put our wants or needs aside um, and just basically become a slave to the clock so that our kids won't become overtired and turn into crazy little people as we save our sanity in the days following the late night excursion or the missed nap. 
And this is something that our friends don't always understand and haven't always understood. Um, or maybe they just don't remember what it's like to have little ones, but we make it work and that's what we have to do for our family. Uh, and of course there are days and weeks when it's not ideal, when sleep is not ideal for our kids. So when the kids go out of town to stay at grandparents' houses, my husband and I always seem to enjoy our time together. Or if we're all going as a family, we always enjoy that time. But we pretty much know that when we get back home, it's a guarantee that sleep schedules are going to be out of whack because the kids have not gone to bed at the time that they normally do and have not stayed on a regular schedule for that matter and are going to be kind of cranky, loopy, out of sorts, and we're just going to have to live with that for a few days, maybe even a week until they can get back onto that regular schedule. So sleep schedule for our kids is definitely important, but it is also important for my husband and me. We're kind of boring people these days, and we pretty much go to bed at nine every night because of our schedules and because our kids wake relatively early. Um, our kids' bedtime is seven o'clock right now, the big kids at least. And um, they still, Huck has to get up at six or 6.15 to get on the bus because he gets on the bus at 10 till seven every day. And um, even if he weren't getting on the bus, he wakes at six o'clock. 6, 6.15 nearly every day. If he goes to bed any later, he wakes even earlier than that. So it's not that ideal or that fun. Luckily, he is now kind of trained to not have to wake us up at that early of an hour if we don't have to be up. Ideally, I would go to bed at 8 or 8.30 since I get up at 4 every day when I'm working. But it is really hard for me to give up that time with my husband at night or doing other projects if he's working. So there's where I lack discipline um, because then I end up having to take a nap during the day, which I don't prefer. I've never really cared for naps in my adult life uh, because I feel like there's other things you could be doing, I could be doing. So these are all lessons that God is probably trying to teach me right now. Um, I'm intrinsically a night owl, so I have to make myself go to bed at a decent hour so I can get enough sleep. The next type of scheduling that we implement at home, which I mentioned earlier, is routines for our kids. Routines are critical for kids. I've researched the heck out of it, and along with our own experience, kids in general flourish on having a routine. It doesn't mean that every minute of every day has to be scheduled because it is good for all of us to be able to be adaptable and to able to go with the flow. But having a general routine that is followed is definitely helpful in our house at keeping both the kids and me and my husband from going bonkers. I've been reminded numerous times during this maternity leave how much I personally thrive on having a regular routine. And this doesn't mean that, that downtime and time without routine is not welcomed. It just means that I tend to feel my best when my day follows a little bit of structure, even if it's as small as actually accomplishing my morning bathroom routine, like putting my contacts in, washing my face, brushing my teeth. Um, and that doesn't exactly always happen right away as I'm in this season of life with a new baby and being at home. Sometimes I don't even get my face washed or teeth brushed until 10 or 11 in the morning. And that's just the way it is. And I have to accept that. 
But when you have a newborn and you're waking at random times, then trying to tend to everything else that comes up to help people get going and out the door, um, that's just the way it is. I guess maybe that's why I like leaving the house at 4.30 or 4.40 in the morning because I have control over that time and I don't have to do anything else but worry about myself, uh, which is a blessing, but also means that my husband does a whole lot and I so value and appreciate everything that he does, but we're going to get into that in a little bit. So uh, I'll talk about that later. So it's certainly been tricky with being on maternity leave, but like I said, I think maybe God is teaching me a lesson in patience and surrender at this time. Um, But now that Matt is back at work and the kids are back in school this week, it has been easier. But keeping their morning and evening routines pretty consistent is key for us. My husband is on mornings generally, like I said, because I leave the house early. And so six out of seven days a week, he is with the kids. And I'm pretty sure he's got that down to a science. At least that's what he portrays. So that's good. Uh, afternoons are pretty much the same as well while I'm working. Um, I'm home and 99% of the time I pick up the kids from daycare. Huck is now riding the bus home from school, so I pick the kids up and we'll be home by the time he gets off the bus. That way I get to see them and I then try my best to set this time aside to be as present as I can be with them. Then evenings, kind of like I alluded to earlier can be a little bit trickier because I occasionally have meetings for various organizations and boards that I'm on. And because my husband is sometimes there and sometimes not with his work schedule, we try to do the same thing every night, even though it may vary just a little bit depending on who is in charge. But definitely our bedtime routine is consistent. And since I'm not around in the mornings, I make it a point to try to limit evening activities for myself so that I can see the kids then and be a part of that routine. And it's really important that I strongly consider what activities and roles I take on in the evening. And I'm okay with saying no to some of those things that may not jive with our family's schedule. And that's part of the reason that I don't hold class in the evenings. That's my time to get to be with my family since I give up every morning with them. And then the last way I can think of that we use scheduling as a way to create a work-life balance is through my work schedule. When I'm done teaching in the morning and working at the studio during preschool hours, if I'm with my kids, I try to make a conscious effort to not work unless it's nap or bedtime or the kids are at school or at daycare. And I also schedule in two days a week at least when I have the kids with me after I'm done with class in the morning. And then I'm primarily home to dedicate time to home projects and needs. So that's critical and very helpful. Um, people who work full-time and don't have those that flexibility in their schedule, this has to be a challenge. Um, and I definitely invite you to share your tips because this is one place where I feel blessed. Uh, for the past 10 years, close to 10 years, I have either worked at home or had a flexible schedule where I could... Um, do what I'm doing now, work, set my own hours because I own my own business. But before this business, I worked from home. So I could throw a load of laundry in here and there and do some of those things that in between projects can be done around the house. I'm also a huge list maker, both 
at work and at home. I keep a list in my planner of what I'd like to get done in a week. Then I prioritize it by day. Um, I get kind of strict about my, I don't know, I guess I'm just going to say I get kind of anal about my planner and about and about my lists and how I'm going to organize it, but that's how I get things done. Um, and of course, depending on the season of life, the number of things that I prioritize for the day varies. Right now, sometimes it's just one thing. Like today, all I want to do is get done recording this podcast. Other days I put three things on there and I'm optimistic. And yet others I can other days I can blow through 10 things on my list and not even know where the day has gone. It's in and those are the days that I feel like, wow, I've really accomplished a whole lot. That says something to you about my personality, I guess. Um, I also have a wall of giant post-its with various categories on them in my office that I'm looking at right now. Um, these Big post-its all house smaller post-its with individual tasks and ways to organize different projects that I'm working on. It is definitely a good thing in my life um, because I can visually check things off or remove things or move things around on my list to prioritize them. Um, And it's usually those things that are on the post-its that make it into my planner as well and then get prioritized and divided up day by day. So what about those instances, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, when you just have a short amount of time that could easily be spent scrolling, right? The biggest time suck ever on your phone, looking through Instagram or looking through Facebook. Um, There's two things I like to do in place of those little short chunks of time where I'm not captive in a car or something. Um, The first one is from Gretchen Rubin, who wrote The Happiness Project and has done a whole host of other research and written books on happiness. Um, But it's a one-minute rule that I discovered years ago. And basically it goes like this. If you can do a project in less than a minute or in one minute, then do it. Don't put it off. So like putting a clean shirt away rather than leaving it on a chair. It's simple things like that. Uh, Putting the mail away or filing the mail rather than leaving it on the table. Um... So I try to remember those when I've got those short little projects that that could be done. And then recently, I've taken on a new way to break up bigger projects or slightly larger projects and a new way to look at my day. It's something that I heard from Boss Moms founder Dana Malstoff, and I will have links to this on my or links to her information in the show notes as well. But if you can divide your day up or project up into 10 minute jobs, you will accomplish so much more and it won't seem so overwhelming. So if you have 10 minutes between when the kids come home and you have to start cooking dinner, what's something that you can get done? Fold a load of laundry, respond to email, clean part of the bathroom. Um, You don't have to clean everything at once either. Those Those things can be divided up. So look at them in 10-minute chunks. This makes projects seem more manageable. And if something is on your to-do list and it keeps getting moved from one day to the next, it's too big. So break it down into a smaller task or into multiple smaller tasks, maybe 10 minutes or less, and then you can do them in those short chunks of time. This is one that I know that I'm still working on, but it's definitely helpful. And it's also a good one to use when adulting projects suck you in and the kids start to get really squirrely because they aren't getting enough attention from you. Take 10 minutes to play something with them, then explain that play is their job 
and that it's important for them to do and that the project that you are working on is important for whatever reason it may be important for and or however it's supporting your family and now you have to get back to doing it for a little bit but it's a way that can help them see that balance as well that work is important but play is also important again something that I'm working on and certainly have nowhere near perfected So that was a lot for just my first tip on balancing work and family, but it was all on scheduling and how you can use scheduling to benefit your life. Um, But my second one is knowing your village, tribe, or circle and being able to ask for help. Uh, Something that comes into play, whether you have another adult to share the load with or whether you're a single parent, is the ability to ask for help. Whether it's from family, friends, or outside resources, I know I wouldn't be able to hold it together if I didn't have help in some way or another. And for those stay-at-home parents, this can be a really tough one to admit the need for. When one parent's, quote, job is to be home with the kids, it can feel like you should be able to do it all. But shooting on yourself is never healthy because it places an instant feeling of guilt on yourself and creates a downward downward spiral that pulls you even farther from being your best self to serve your family. So call it your village, tribe, or circle, but whatever you call it, it's a tool that makes balancing family life and work a little bit easier, especially when you ask for help from them. Full disclosure, another thing that I'm not always very good at is asking for help because I don't want to burden anyone or I don't want to be a burden on anyone. But if someone doesn't want to help or can't help you, it's best to trust that they will be honest and they'll let you know that. Give them the benefit of the doubt. And sometimes I even create my own roadblocks because I make up a story in my head about why someone wouldn't want to help me or um, why they wouldn't be able to help me. Or let's face it, because the tone of voice that I receive from my husband when I simply address him by name stops me from asking him any further or from from making that ask of him. But let's be honest, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. My husband and I share responsibilities around the house. He is absolutely wonderful because he is not afraid to do laundry or make a meal or um, help out with cleaning and, and some of those other projects. It's not always how... I would want to do things, but that's the part of control that I have to surrender to. If the project's getting done, it's getting done. Who cares? There's 250 ways to wash dishes. So does it really matter how he dusts the table? No, it doesn't. The point is it's getting done. Um, It's not expected that any one specific person does all the housework or all the laundry or all the cleaning or all the repairs around our house. When something needs to be done, the dishes, for instance, someone just does them. Or if one of us has a strength in a particular area, then that person takes on that job. And I know from having a husband live away from home during a week at times in our lives with both one and two kids, it's definitely a lot more helpful to have an extra set of hands to get things done, no matter what that looks like. And I'm truly, truly amazed by single parents because when you're on your own, the ability to provide for your family financially is a big enough demand, but then to be able to manage all the household and all the responsibilities that come along with having a household, 
is truly admirable. I will say that I am guilty of not asking my husband for help when I need it, then feeling resentment towards him because he is doing something more enjoyable and didn't ask me if I needed help. But that's my own issue. That's not on him at all. So it's definitely a work in progress. Again, that's the block that I put up. Um, And if you don't ask, like I said, the answer is always no. Then we also enlist help in caring for our kids. We pay for part-time daycare for our kids, even though I only teach 5 to 8 a.m. Monday through Friday and then Saturday mornings as well. But we need this daycare so that I can work on the administrative side of our business without the distraction of kids. And our daycare provider is simply amazing and wonderful. And she's so flexible and willing to work with our schedules that um, we we are definitely blessed in that regard as well. But it's one of those things where we don't necessarily question that we need it because to get work done, as I've discovered once again while being on leave, it's really hard to do anything or get anything done when there are two to three little humans running around the house and interjecting their thoughts and and needs and wants throughout your day. And don't get me wrong, I also totally use the time when my kids are at daycare to get personal errands and some other things done around the house if I need to. And as much as possible, I make my trips to the grocery store during that time as well because that's part of being an adult and being able to support your household is to use the care and the help of others with your kids to get some of those things accomplished and done. Um... The grocery store one is key for me because it, it allows me to get in and out of the store so much quicker than when I have two kids with me or three kids with me. Um, one kid's fine, but two gets a little sketchy. And my husband rediscovers this every single time he forgets this fact and takes the kids to the store. Um, it's just not that easy or enjoyable when there's more than one little with you and Every time I ask him how the store was when he's taken both kids, both big kids to the store, he kind of growls it. I can tell that he realizes it was not a good thing to do. And aside from paying for daycare, we also have some great friends who give generously of their time to have our kids hang with them when both my husband and I are working on Saturday mornings or when we need care at other random times because it definitely takes a village to raise children. And as for work, I've recently hired out some of my administrative work. One, because I don't really enjoy social media taking my time, but it's a necessary thing when you own a business. And two, because I just can't do it all myself. And it's okay to admit that and to hire out some of the things that you don't enjoy or that aren't strengths of yours. If you don't like cleaning and can afford to have someone come clean your house once or twice a month, then why wouldn't you? Um, It is a tribe that helps me with my business. And I am so grateful for all those individuals who do help me. We have a beautiful space for our studio. It's a big building and it still has room for more in it, but we've finished all of it except the garage. And after the contractors were done with the major construction work on the inside, I did all of the painting and decorating and some of the other minor construction projects but there's no way I could have done it without the help of some very dear friends who were willing to give their time. And I'm forever grateful to those who have helped me and continue to help me and help us make our building what it is. And finally, I couldn't have taken leave after 
Lulu was born at the beginning of August, if it weren't for some amazing women who are taking my place in the studio right now to ensure that class is still going on. Honestly, when I first found out I was pregnant, I wasn't really expecting it. And I thought I may have to close the studio for a time so I could take leave because it's just me. And I, at that time I was just a one man show or a one woman show. But I have some beautiful souls who were willing to put in some extra time to be trained and to continue learning through their yoga journey to oversee classes while I've been out. And it has been such a blessing. And the thing that has made all of these connections possible and is the only true constant in balancing work and family for me and reminds me that I'm on the right track is my faith. This is the thing that ties together the scheduling, that ties together the village of people. It brings all of those things together to make our lives a little bit more manageable. Um, My faith is a priority in my life, and I make it a priority at the beginning of my day to read devotions and reflect on them and to set intentions for the day. When I don't do this, I can definitely tell that I feel more out of sorts throughout the day. So when I'm driving to work at 4.40 in the morning, I spend that 10 minutes in silence and in prayer or meditation listening for God's intentions for me for the day. No radio, no distractions, which is kind of a common thing in my car. I don't generally have the radio on very often because I get lost in my thoughts a lot and that's my time to to plan in my head as well. But I have a specific prayer that I say each morning, which I will actually put in the show notes as well. And then I also say the Lord's prayer and whatever else comes to mind that I may think that I need for the day. But by setting the intent to be open to whatever the Lord presents on that day, it helps me stay grounded and more mindful of surrendering to his plan for the day, realizing that I'm not in control. It's his plan and his control for me that is going to help me with the day and is going to bring in those individuals who I need to impact on that day. That's all I have for my tips for balancing work and family. I hope that they have been helpful to you and that you have been able to pull something away from them. And I will post all of these tips as well as some details about them in the show notes on the website, cairnyogawellness.com. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, Help us grow this podcast by sharing it with even just one other person. And it would mean so much to me if you would take a moment of your time to write a review. Your comments and feedback are what help me continue to bring you topics and guests that can help you and others on their journey in creating health, harmony, and happiness. Remember to head on over to cairnyogawellness.com to get the show notes and links from today's episode. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at cairnyogawellness and to continue connecting with more resources that could help you enhance health, harmony, and happiness in your own life, subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again for listening.